personality is something that's captivated people ever since the time of the ancient Greeks. And we're constantly looking for a way to categorize people into neat little personalities. From the Greeks' four temperaments, to the MBTI, all the way to the BuzzFeed quizzes and the Harry Potter sorting hats, it seems that there's all kinds of personality models that differ vastly from one another. But one of them stands out among the others, and I'll tell you why. So I'm going to be trying something a little different for this episode and for the next few episodes. I'm going to be going over the most scientifically validated personality model we have right now. It's called the Big Five Personality Model, and it features five factors of personality. I'll be going over these five factors in the next five episodes, and I'll be using this episode to lay out the foundation of the Big Five. The Big Five Personality Model is a model of personality originally developed in the 1980s. Its five factors are extroversion, neuroticism, agreeableness, conscientiousness, and openness to experience. Now don't worry if those names don't quite stick, because I'll be going over them in depth in the coming episodes. And if you look in today's first source, I've linked an online test for the Big Five personality model. I highly suggest you take it and follow along throughout the next few episodes, because there's quite a bit of nuance that you can miss out on from the online sites. Now, the way the Big Five model was made really distinguishes it from most other personality models. It was made around one hypothesis, the lexical hypothesis. So lexical means it's related to language. And the lexical hypothesis is basically that our personality traits will come up in the language we use to describe ourselves. Fairly reasonable hypothesis there. And so what the scientists did is they collected a bunch of adjectives, hundreds or even thousands of them, and they had people go through that list and see which adjectives best described them. Now what they did is they subjected these adjectives to a statistical process called factor analysis. So what factor analysis does is it looks at a certain adjective and it determines how well it relates to all the other adjectives out there. So for example, words like happy ended up being clumped together with words like social and enthusiastic. And you could say that, oh, if you're social, that means you're happy. Whereas words like sad and lonely would clump together in their own little group. And what happens is that the thousands of adjectives would clump together into certain distinct groups. And we observed that there were five groups or five factors that came out. And thus came the big five. Now, I'm telling you this because it's quite different from the most widely used personality models out there. The Myers-Briggs Type Indicator, or MBTI for short, is currently the most popular model that pop culture uses. And I'm sure you've either tried it out for yourself, or you know someone who obsesses over it. But here's the thing about the MBTI and most other personality models. It was theoretically made first, and then they went about testing it on people. The Big Five is the opposite of this. The Big Five is an atheoretical model, meaning there was no actual theory that it was influenced by. 
Remember, it was derived purely from a statistical process, whereas the MBTI was based off of the works of Carl Gustav Jung, one of the most prominent psychoanalysts to ever live. Key word being based off of. It was actually formalized by an American writer by the name of Isabel Briggs Myers. Jung himself actually stressed that his types were preferences and not abilities, something that the people selling these tests to corporations and institutions like to gloss over. The reason the Big Five is the most widely used model in academia is because it holds up to the standards of scientific rigor. The way they tested its validity is by testing it across different cultures and languages. And they found that different cultures ended up with the same five dimensions. They found that it was reliable and that the same people scored similar scores across time. Something that can't quite be said for the MBTI and most other personality models. And they found that it has a very high predicting power. Now I have a problem with the way the MBTI and other personality models are being used. The founders of the MBTI were explicit in saying that it was made to help people predict job performance and to select a job or a career or a partner for that matter that was just right for them. But it was made in a time where personality psychology was less rigid or scientific. And we found that the MBTI has little to no predicting power on job performance. You know, Carl Jung himself never said anything on how his types would influence job performance. The real problem here is that the world acts as if it does. The MBTI is used in about 88% of Fortune 500 companies to try and fit the person to the job. Universities and other institutions also use it to inform their decisions on hiring and training potential candidates. This means that some people who would otherwise be fit for a certain job or a certain position, they could end up being screened out on grounds that their MBTI type doesn't match the position. It is the case that the relation between the types and the job isn't so intuitive. For example, people think that salespeople should be extroverted and outgoing, when it's really not as simple as that. The Big Five does have predicting power, and I'll get to that in the next few episodes. Now, I'm not saying that we should just stop using the MBTI. I'm just saying that we're using it wrong. The MBTI and all the other personality models are appealing because they're fun and they do help us understand ourselves better. And people do get benefits from using it personally. And I think that's probably because it makes you more introspective and cognizant of how you work. Something that's sorely missing in our modern world. But that being said, I don't think it should be used in any sort of workplace setting because that's gonna be yet another form of bias that people are going to be prone to. The big five is just a more useful tool for these things. So that's the groundwork for the next few episodes. I'm hoping that in these few episodes, you'll better understand yourself and the people around you. 
and I'm using the personality model I believe to be the most relevant way of looking at yourself. Stay tuned.